Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. The Thai Expat Show is sponsored by ThailandBuySell.com. ThailandBuySell.com is a new classified ads website where you can place ads free of charge and shop. Ads can be placed in both Thai and English languages, and it's a very easy site to navigate. Visit ThailandBuySell.com today and sign up for free. Now that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with our first story of the day. First Charming Chiang Mai tourists arrive. 83 South Korean tourists under the Charming Chiang Mai program have arrived on the first international flight to the northern province in almost two years. Jeju Air Flight 7C4205 left Incheon Airport and arrived at Chiang Mai Airport on Friday night. The flight went through a water tunnel as it touched down in the airport at 10.05pm. On hand to welcome them was the Deputy Chiang Mai Governor, the Deputy Governor of the Tourism Authority of Thailand and the Chiang Mai Airport Director. The passengers had their body temperatures checked and submitted their documents, mostly certificates of entry to airport staff. Only a few of them applied for entry to the Thailand Pass. After going through immigration and custom procedures, the tourists were given souvenirs from the Tourism Authority of Thailand at the airport before meeting tourism operators who later took them to their hotels. Under the Charming Chiang Mai program, tourists can visit four districts, Moang, Mei Rim, Mei Tang and Doi Tao on sealed routes. They were the only places in the province allowed to reopen tourists on November 1. Jeju Air operates the Incheon Chiang Mai Incheon service every Friday. More international flights are expected later. On Saturday, Chiang Mai reported 487 new infections, the second highest after Bangkok, 809 and 4 deaths. So a little bit of good news for Chiang Mai, which has been in desperate need of tourists over the last year or so. Now, I think they probably could do it a lot more than 83 tourists on a sealed route, but it's a beginning, of course. My hope for Chiang Mai is that we do see more international travelers heading there, but also a lot more domestic as well, because I think that would really help Chiang Mai right now. At the minute, as I said, I will be going there at the end of this month, so hopefully I'll be able to bring you some news and maybe some good news of hopefully some kind of revival of this beautiful, beautiful city and area. And moving along, Gulf Ferry service to launch after long COVID-19 delay. A ferry service connecting Chambury in the east and Songkla in the south will be launched on Monday after it was postponed for months due to COVID-19. The service will be operated by the Bangkok-based Seahorse Ferries Company, a firm that bought the three-decker ship Blue Dolphin from Japan for 200 million baht and renovated the vessel to accommodate up to 586 passengers, 80 lorries and 20 cars. The Marine Department gave the ship approval for commercial use on March 12th and a round-trip test has already been conducted. At 7,000 tons and 130.6 meters in length, the 26-year-old ferry features several types of guest rooms ranging from capsule beds to the premier room type with a bathroom, a restaurant, a recreation zone and a lobby. The vessel can reach a speed of up to 17 knots, 32 kilometers per hour. It will depart from Chuk Samet Pier in Chambury's Satip district on Monday at 2 p.m. and dock at the Southern Songkla port at 10 a.m. the following day. The one-way journey takes about 20 hours. The port in Songkla is operated by Songkla Southern Logistics 2009 in the province Muang district. Transport Minister Sakasim Chikchab expects the service to facilitate logistics and benefit the development of the government's Eastern Economic Corridor and the Southern Economic Corridor. The service will also help reduce air pollution and help save on the transport costs, he said. 
And next up, TAT establishes on-site SHA clinic. The Tourism Authority of Thailand has set up an on-site safety and health administration SHA clinic to let more restaurants in Bangkok obtain SHA certificates to serve alcoholic drinks. After the BMA allowed only SHA certified restaurants to sell alcohol from November 1, more restaurants want to join the campaign, which caused the SHA website to crash due to heavy traffic. The SHA certificate was introduced on May last year to assure tourists of the high level of safety with operators, especially in Phuket, showing the strongest interest with over 40% registered between July and October this year, said Tapani Kit Tapul, Tat Deputy Governor for Domestic Marketing. As of November 5th, the SHA standard has been granted to 20,608 operators and 5,068 operators for SHA+, which requires 70% of workers to be fully vaccinated. There are 4,573 operators in Bangkok qualified for SHA standard, of which 2,394 are restaurants, followed by 690 hotels and 453 tour operators. Meanwhile, 513 operators in the capital have already obtained SHA+, including 374 hotels, followed by 37 tour operators and 27 restaurants. Ms. Tapani said the number of SHA restaurants in Bangkok has significantly increased to 2,394 from approximately 1,000 restaurants prior to November one. She said TAT expanded its SHA website network bandwidth capacity to support online traffic so the website's congestion should be solved by next week. In addition, operators can go directly to the TAT headquarters to apply for SHA certification from November 5 to 19, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. by preparing the required documents like business registration certificates and photos of their standardized service that comply with safety and health measures. The whole process of obtaining SHA and SHA Plus will be completed within three days after submitting the documents. She said besides Bangkok, the model of on-site SHA clinic might expand to other tourism areas, which have the high demand from operators for the certificate such as Phuket. In terms of Bangkok's reopening, the TAT has arranged meetings with other ministries and agencies, particularly airports of Thailand, to fix issues that tourists faced. Ms. Tapani said the problem of slow entry process at Sulanabhum Airport has been improved as tourists on the first flight arrived yesterday waited for no longer than 30 minutes after the AOT brought in more staff to manage the flow of travellers. So a little bit of good news for people or businesses who want to obtain SHA certification. Of course, this is all being brought about by the ability to serve alcohol now in restaurants. So all these places are trying to get themselves up to standard and certified so they can serve alcohol which I guess is part of having a restaurant business and maybe a bar as well that serves food. So yeah, fair play to them. Let them get it on. Let people try to get back to earning a living again. Now there's one thing in all that you may have missed, but actually you didn't, was the part where they say they go and inspect these businesses to make sure that they have complied with the regulations. Now there is no inspection of SHA or SHA plus premises. It's all done via self-assessment. So you submit the documents online or like they will do, go down to the SHA clinic, submit the documents there, they review the document and then once they think everything's okay in the document, they approve you as SHA certified and SHA plus certified. It's a bit of a farce at the end of the day because there is no inspection to see if they're really complying with the rules set out by the Tourism Authority of Thailand. Looking for a good deal on real estate, vehicles, motorbikes or anything else? Find yourself a bargain at www.thailandbuysell.com. We encourage you to support our sponsors. 
And moving along, faster, easier tests for tourists. With a network of 443 laboratories certified to perform RT-PCR COVID-19 tests nationwide, the Department of Medical Sciences can now handle at least 120,000 tests per day and give the results within 24 hours, the department chief said on Friday. Prior to travelling to Thailand, visitors are required to obtain a negative result from a RT-PCR test conducted within 72 hours before their departure, said Dr. Supakit Sirilak, Director General of the DMS. A repeat test is required upon arriving in Thailand and visitors who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and who come from any of the 63 countries now allowed to enter the kingdom without quarantine are required to stay for one night at specific hotels while waiting for their test results, Dr. Supaket said. If cleared of infection, these visitors will be then free to travel to any parts of the country. He said during their stay in Thailand, another COVID-19 test is required on the 6th or 7th day, adding that a rapid antigen test kit for COVID-19 is allowed for this test. Furthermore, to facilitate the country's reopening program, he said the DMS recently lowered the price of the RT-PCR COVID-19 test to between 1,400 and 1,600 Thai baht. The prices may, in the future, be lowered even further when possible, he said. Now that is quite interesting because the price that they're quoting is 1,400 to 1,600. In Phuket, it's currently 2,400 when you arrive at the airport and that's where the testing is done. So there is a huge difference between the price in Bangkok and the price in Phuket. Now they may try to say that because it's been done in an airport that it adds more onto the cost, but I don't buy that at all because I think the price in a private hospital is a lot more expensive. So it doesn't really balance in relation to this. The price for a COVID test for an international tourist arriving in this country should be the same price no matter what airport you land in. And it should be the cheapest price that you can possibly do it at. That makes it fair for everyone and people are know before they come exactly what they're being charged for. And I don't understand how in Bangkok it can be 1,400 and Phuket 2,400. That's just ridiculous. Now moving along about the Thailand Pass, the Thailand Pass launched on Monday, November 1, to a lot of fanfare from the Thai government. It was hailed as the reopening of Thailand to international tourism under the umbrella of quarantine-free travel. The Thailand Pass was hailed as a non-complicated system to facilitate the verification of travel documents, reduce said documents, and to speed up the long, drawn-out process that was created under the COE. We were told verification would take between one to three days as compared to the nearly seven days it was currently taking under the COE scheme. We were told that verification would be done by AI technology and for vaccine certificates where no public key was given. The vaccine certificate would need to be verified manually. We were told all this would be done by the Thai MFA itself and not embassy staff. As the deadline came closer, things started to change and that is always a worry. Alarm bells start to ring then. The one to three days for processing soon turned to one to five days and the Thai MFA staff would not be the ones checking but rather embassy staff, pretty much the same as the COE. And then opening day came around, Monday the 1st at 9am arrived and people hopped on board the site to start to apply for the Thailand Pass. And that's when it all went downhill. People started reporting that they were receiving API error messages when submitting the application to the next page. The system wanted a second dose for Johnson & Johnson even though it's a one-shot vaccine. And when people eventually got to submit the application, no confirmation email was ever received. And better still, no one in the government thought to design a mobile-friendly version of the website. Well, okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt for the first day. Mistakes happen. Obviously, it's a new website. 
and it seems it was never really properly tested. Maybe we all have come to expect this at this stage. So we'll move on. But since then, I have literally received hundreds of emails from people confused and very concerned over their application and whether they will be able to go on holiday as they haven't received their QR code after days of waiting. I have received messages from people who haven't received confirmation emails and don't know if their application is now in process. I've received emails from people waiting two, three, four, five days now and still nothing. No idea what's going on and sick with worry about their proposed trips. I have received emails from couples where one got their pass within seconds of making the application and hitting submit and the other is still waiting three to four days later. And by the way, these people submitted pretty much the exact same documents. All these people have paid for flights, hotels and expensive insurance and all continue to wait. Is this the state of the art technology we were all promised? Is this the easy and non-complicated system they spoke about? The government haven't even got the decency to leave a contact number or email address so people with an issue can at least contact them. Well, that was up until last night when then a phone number was put out there and an email address was given, but it took a week for that to happen. And by the way, they say they have 30 lines for you to call, but it looks like there's about one or two people only to answer these 30 lines. People are waiting in blind hope for their Thailand pass and experiencing unnecessary anxiety and stress. All the government are doing is ensuring people would not travel in the next few months due to their incompetence. It's nearly as if no one in the tourism authority of Thailand or the government has ever gone on holiday. People were skeptical about traveling beforehand and this will only cement that skepticism and deter travel. And to finish, and to the Tourism Authority of Thailand, this is not travel in the 21st century, pandemic or not. This is madness, and with some bizarre expectation that mass tourist numbers are going to return under this scheme, it's time to wake up and treat tourists with the respect they deserve. Now, since that last night, there has been a number of statements from the Thai MFA. Basically, what they've said in relation to the farce of the last week was that they're working on improving the system. For example, they're going, they're looking at how they'll be able to allow PDF format documents to be submitted. And they're looking at drop down lists of hotels and partner hospitals and a way for people to check their registration status. So that's positive. But I mean, it hasn't been done, by the way. That's just talk so far. Okay. At the moment, and just some information for people, digital vaccination certificates can only be read automatically for 30 countries. They are trying to increase this number to speed up the verification process. It takes three days to verify certificates for some countries. Now, I would probably hazard a guess that the 30 countries or so would be probably the 27 EU countries which pretty much all have the same QR code and maybe one or two other countries from around the world. And that seems to be it. Now, they say that delays are caused when applicants upload documents that are difficult to read, such as vaccination certificates. Some up upload hotel bookings that are not linked to partner hotels or hospitals, I mean, and some enter wrong email addresses or their mailbox is full. So emails bounce back. There is a known problem also, by the way, with Hotmail emails, and they are working with Microsoft to solve this. So they know about this, but they never told people. So that would have been something to tell people at the beginning or even when they originally knew it. We have an issue, switch over and use a Gmail account or a Yahoo account. But of course, they never said anything. And the call center, for, so everybody knows, right, uh, for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs for the Thailand Pass is Thailand plus 66025728442. And they say they have 30 lines. But does that mean there's 30 people there to answer phone calls? I would severely doubt it. And by the way, that's for the entire world. Look, the government, I've, I've supported the Thailand Pass and I think a lot of people will know that and I see it as a step forward in the right direction. 
But it seems that they've just made this so more complicated than the certificate of entry scheme. At least with the certificate of entry scheme, you knew what the process was. You had an email address to contact somebody. It was going to the embassy. Now it's just guesswork what's going on. And they really need to get on top of this and get it done and sorted. It should never have been launched until it was a perfect system and it was ready to go. And as you can see from the first day, it was not perfect. It hasn't been tested properly. And this is the mess you're left with. And as I said, I believe tourists deserve a lot better treatment than this from any government looking for them to come to their country and spend their hard-earned money. And next up, Pathia tour operators don't expect immediate turnaround. Pathia saw no international visitors during the first few days of the country's tourism reopening program, but the local tourism community expects things to pick up in the second half of the month. A source close to the tourism sector said on Friday that resort town in Chambury had only welcomed domestic visitors from weekends and long holidays recently, and tourism chiefs are not expecting much to change until mid-November at the earliest. The pessimistic forecast was in part due to ongoing restrictions on both tourists and operators themselves, many of whom are still working to comply with the government's COVID-19 control measures, including obtaining SHA plus certificates, said the source. However, a tourism operator remained upbeat, telling the Bangkok Post that businesses had received more travel inquiries since the reopening scheme was announced and many tourists made bookings for December. He said local operators believe it will take tourists a week or two to acclimatise to the new rules which prohibit free travel outside of the province after fielding many inquiries inquiries about onward travel options. Mr. Sinchai said Pattaya also faced transport problems due to a limited number of SHA plus certified taxis, particularly those which would normally bring tourists from the airport to Pattaya. He said the hoteliers have been preparing for reopening and more than 100 hotels were expected to soon meet the SHA plus standard. Mr. Sinchai pointed out that the present restrictions on the consumption of alcoholic drinks were also dampening demand and the sector was hoping the government would soon relax the rules. On a more positive note, he said this month would see more Thai tourists visiting. Thousands of beachfront hotel rooms had been booked by Thai tourists ahead of the Pattaya International Fireworks Festival and this would mark the beginning of a restart for the tourism industry, he said. Pattaya has scheduled several major events following the reopening including the Pattaya Music Festival in the first two weeks, followed by the Loi Katong Festival in the third week and fireworks display at the end of the month. In December, Pattaya will host three big events. The Pattaya Music Festival will be followed by the Dern Kin Ten Na Kle, Food and Cultural Festival and the Pattaya Countdown to entertain mostly Thai crowds. But just, just a little bit of information about Pattaya. Not a real surprise either. I think part of the problem with Pattaya is the lack of SHA plus hotels at the moment. And as they say, the lack of taxis. And then also the ban on alcohol still in the town. And I think that is along with, you know, the current restrictions that are still in place will definitely lead tourists not to be so quick to book a return to Pattaya right now. Now, if the government were to get up and, you know, decide to reduce some of these restrictions, especially on restaurants and bars and whatnot, I think it would certainly help in encouraging people to return to the area. You can see the likes of Bangkok now and Phuket, where they are allowed to have a drink at nighttime, where nightlife is getting a bit more up and going, that there is more of a return to a normal life there and tourism is definitely returning for example if you go to Phuket now and walk down Bangla Road at night time it's buzzing so yeah that's what they're looking for too and that'll in turn bring people to the area it's hard to bring people to an area that's pretty much shut down at nine o'clock at night 
Though I will say I saw videos of the the music festival that they had at Patia this weekend and it looked very, very busy. Of course, it was uh, Thai domestic travellers, but yeah, certainly very busy on the beach. A lot of crowds, a lot of people there. And that definitely is very encouraging in terms of Patia picking up and starting to, you know, turn around the last two years or so. And finally, the Phuket news. Russians return to Phuket. The first direct commercial passenger flight from Russia since the tourism shutdown last year arrived in Phuket on November 6th, bringing 277 tourists from Moscow. Vaccinated get 20% off long bus rides. The transport company, the state-run operator of interprovincial bus services, is extending a 20% discount on fares for fully vaccinated customers until the end of the month. Phuket prepares for more road accidents. With more tourists expected to arrive in the island following the reopening of the country to international tourists on Monday, Phuket's disaster officials are now drawing up plans to hold a public awareness campaign to help stem the expected rising number of road accidents. And finally, search for Saracen Bridge Jumper continues. The search for a young man who threw himself from the Saracen Bridge last Tuesday, November 2nd, entered its fourth day today with rescue workers so far unsuccessful in their attempts. And rest in peace to the young man who took his life. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below. Because yes, this is a news show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and all that good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. Now before we go, if you have something to sell on www.thailandbuysell.com, it's free to place a classified advertisement, so why not head over there, sign up straight away. It's the perfect place to sell, whether you're an individual or a business that's www.thailandbuysell.com but ultimately my name is Kira Mack you've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show and we'll see you next time